someone, please. Um, one thing, the reason, I want you guys to know and understand why last Sunday and last weekend was so beautiful. Because we expected it to be beautiful. Do you know what I'm saying? We expected God to move. We, we set time apart to fast and to pray. We said, this weekend is yours, God, and God moved. See, God is going to move when you want him to move, when you expect him to move, when you come ready, prepared, and you come hungry. That's all it takes. You see, yes, God works through man. He works through people. But at the same time, you have to be ready for it. You have to hunger and desire for it. Everybody say amen. Amen. So it's like we don't put our trust in man. We put our trust in who? In God and God only. So we want Jesus. It starts in here just like, like Andrew was saying. Where does the revolution begin? Where does it start? It has to start in you. Something has to spark deep down inside of you and saying, I want more. I don't care if my neighbor wants more. I don't care if my pastor wants more. I am going for more. I'm going to Jesus for Jesus 100%. Everybody say amen. All right. So let's get to the word. Okay. We also started something new during our prayer, our prayer meetings, okay? If you did not get an opportunity to do this, if you didn't get an opportunity to do this earlier before the service started, um, you will get a chance after service starts, okay? We all made a list. I know they started this in Elevate. We made a list of about 10 people that we want to see saved, that will be saved for the Lord, okay? So I put 10 people up there. Uh, Ricky put 10 people. Everybody, everybody's going to put about 10 people. And during our prayer meetings, we're having this list up here. I'm going to put this list on MySpace. I'm going to put this list on Facebook. All right? And these people are the ones we are praying for. We are going to pray for specific people to get changed, to get rocked by God. Okay? And they will get saved in Jesus' name. They will come to know him in Jesus' name. I claim that. And it's so important for us to, instead of just saying, Lord, please save my family members and my friends, we're going to get specific. All right? And we're going we're gonna to put God to the test. Right? God says if you pray, he will answer. If you seek him, he will show up and he will answer you always. He might not, it might not be on our time. It's on his timing, all right? And we're praying for them. And then this is what happens. When they come and they get saved and they get rocked, they go, they delete their name from the list, and they add one of their friends, all right? And it just keeps going and going. We're going to take this to a whole another level, all right? This starts here within us. We have to cry out to God. We have to intercede. So sometime during this week, I expect you guys to do this, you know, you guys are all, I know we pray, we pray all the time. Take a day and don't pray for yourself, okay? Let's not pray for ourselves for a day. And then go on, you know, look up the list and just start praying for people you don't even know. You know, you may be praying for my brother. You may be praying for a cousin, somebody's cousin here or something. And just pray for them and just believe that the Lord is going to move. The Lord is going to move. I believe it. I, I just know that there's something that's, that's changing. You know, God has opened up something in the heavenlies you know what i'm saying like we've experienced a glimpse of his glory and there is so much more and i just know that like i was saying during the prayer meeting these people they have callings on their lives you know because god has placed you in their life to to share the word of god you know that's why they know you because god wants them too and you're called to to shine this light into their lives everybody say amen my brother will be saved in jesus name come on i believe that so it's just like, I just need you guys to help me pray for him. And I want, I'm going to pray for your friends and your family members. And it will happen. I know it. I believe it. All right? Okay, so everybody turn to Acts 12. 
All right. I was having discipleship with uh, Cynthia, and um, I, we were just talking about, um, what were we talking about? I think, oh, we were talking about, <laughs> I know, I wrote it down. Um, there's going to come a time, we all know this, we all know, there's going to come a time, like it's already happening in other parts of the world, and it's, it's really scary, when this will not be able to happen, you know? when we will not be able to meet in public places to worship God, to pray, to intercede, to, to go stand on the street corners and, and witness to people. There's going to come a time when that happens, and it's already happening in some parts, where people have to sneak and hide and, you know, to carry a Bible, to, to believe in the King. Do you know what I'm saying? To them, it's so beautiful and it's so powerful, you know. But here, we're so used to it. We're so used to, you know, being able... To, to say, oh, I'm a Christian, and yeah, I go to this church, whatever. But there's going to come a time where we, we will not be able to say that, where we're going to be hiding, where we're going to just be persecuted. And I'm not talking about just somebody insulting us and somebody saying, oh, you're a Jesus freak. But I'm saying, like, it's going to be life or death. Do you know what I'm saying? And I, and I don't want to rush through this today because I really want this to sink in. That's pretty scary, isn't it? Our heart, our passion, our desire, we're driven by God, by Jesus. We know here in this room, we know that we cannot do anything without him. And if you don't know that, let me tell you, you can't do anything without him, all right? You can't even breathe without him, okay? So listen, I want us to really, really focus. Think about how scary that is. Man, you want to worship Jesus. You want to pray. You want to cry out. You want to meet with your friend because your friend's sick, and and they just need you to pray for them, and they just need you to lay hands on them, and they're, and they're going to be healed, you know, like, Vanessa, man, Vanessa, I have, you know, I'm, I'm going through all this pain, and I'm just suffering, Vanessa, please pray for me, Vanessa's going to have to come, and she's going to have to sneak, and she's not going to be able to tell her parents, she's not going to be able to tell anybody that she's coming, that she needs to pray for me, she just needs to pray for me, but she's going to have to hide and risk her life to do that, there's going to come a time where you know someone needs Jesus, but you're going to have to just really ease into doing it. You're going to have to gain and build a, a relationship before you can even say the name Jesus. Wow. There's going to come a time where, where we're going to have to meet in, in just small, tight places, and we won't even have the luxury, you know, of having AC and heater. We won't have the luxury of having uh, a cafe in the sanctuary. You know, but you know what? That won't even matter. Because we just want Jesus. You know what I'm saying? We just want to get there. We just want to, to worship together and just call down fire together. You know, but there will be a day when that happens. But you know what? Today is not the day. Thank God we have a privilege. Thank God we have this building. Thank God that we can proclaim the gospel. That we can pray for someone outside of Ruby Tuesdays, you know, to be healed. You know what I'm saying? We have that privilege. We have those resources. Right now, us, all of us here in this place, we have the power to pray. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't care whatever happens. You can pray. You and your relationship with God should never change, ever. You have the power to pray. And today we're talking about prayer, okay? It's not the time. Right now we're not in those times, but one day we will be. We will be there. You guys understand that? We will be there, and that is scary. But right now we're not. Right now we need to take advantage of this. See, we take prayer for granted. We do not understand how powerful prayer is. It is so powerful. You know, they say that the the least popular service 
in a church is the prayer, the prayer service, the prayer meeting. It's so true. We do not understand that that's where it happens. That's where the battle happens, during prayer, during worship. You know, people coming, showing up late for worship. You don't understand. We're, we're praising the king. People don't care, oh, yeah, the message hasn't started. You know what? The message doesn't even matter if Jesus isn't in the room. It does not matter what comes out of my mouth. It does not matter what comes out of Pastor Joe's mouth. If God is not there, it don't matter. It does not matter. So I want us to read this right now. We're talking about the power of prayer. Everybody say power of prayer. If I can just get there, hold on. Okay, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with what? The sword, okay? When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him to to prison handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Let me read that again. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. And the sentries, is that how you say it? And the sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off. Come on, fell off Peter's wrist. That is amazing. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. Oh, my goodness. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened, it opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's... Hold on. From Herod's what? clutches and from everything the jewish people were anticipating all right when this had dawned on him he went to the house of mary the mother of john also called mark where many people had gathered and were praying peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant girl named rhoda came to answer the door when she recognized peter's voice she was overjoyed she ran back without opening it and exclaimed peter is at the door come on she didn't even let him in she was so surprised (laughs) It says, you're out of your mind, they told her. Wait, did I say it? Yeah. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hands for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the brothers about this, he said, and then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion about the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards in order that they be executed. Jesus. 
Come on. Okay. The church is being persecuted, all right? After, was it Stephen was stoned? The church was being persecuted, all right? Then lots and lots of Christians were dying. Then not only after that happens, then Peter is taken and he's imprisoned, all right? And what happens? My goodness, the church, if you were to be experiencing this, people are killing your brothers and your sisters in Christ. How many of you think you would still be standing there today and saying, I still serve my God? I will still serve him. If you see your brother dying, being persecuted, because he's proclaiming Jesus, do you think you would be standing there today? Ask yourself that question. I'm being serious. There was one time I was driving in the car, and I kept asking the Lord, give me a revelation, give me a revelation. And I remember him telling me, if you are willing to die for this, there is nothing that can hold you back. Are you willing to die for this? That's what it is, okay? That's my number one question. Number two is, is it worth it to you? Everybody close your eyes. Just imagine, just think of persecution, people dying. See, we can't even imagine this because we don't have to deal with this stuff. Close your eyes and picture your brother, your sister sitting next to you right now. Someone coming in this room right now and saying, do you believe in Jesus? You seeing that and then you make it out alive. Do you still serve God? Do you still believe in him? Do you still bow down and worship him and say, I love you? Can you still say that to him? Can you say that to him? Jesus. See, he is worth it all. If he never does another good thing for us again, he is worth it. God the Father sent his one and only son to die for us. He is worth it. He is worth it. He is worth it. All right? We don't give up. We push. We persevere. We pray. We pray. The church prayed. They prayed. And what happened? What what were those things called? The chains were broken. All right? Gates were opened. Direction was given to Peter. All right, when you pray, see, we have brothers and sisters right now who are being held down. All right, God is calling them. What do we need to do for them? We need to pray. This message is for someone here today. I know it. I know it because the Lord told me so. He's, someone in this room is about ready to give up on someone. Don't give up. You pray. I don't care if you've been praying for them for four years, five years, six years, you pray and you watch those bondages, those chains just be broken, those gates being open, wide open, and direction to be given into their lives to guide them. And guess what? You're going to be just like that woman. And you're going to be surprised and you're going to be like, oh my goodness, you're not even going to believe that it's your friend, it's your brother and sister coming to Jesus. You know, you're not going to believe it, but you know what? That is the power of God. Do not give up. I'm telling you, if you prayed and you felt like you said your last prayer, now you start thanking God that it's already been done. You thank him and you start praising his name and you start claiming things in the name of Jesus Christ. He is calling you. You have Jesus. Come on now. That's good. Now you start praying and you start interceding. Let's turn this. I want us to turn to... Oh, you don't have to turn there. Oh, I didn't write it down. All right. He is calling you. 
He's calling you to pray, to intercede, all right? So many times I have conversations with people, and I say, oh, you know, we're having this event. Did you invite so-and-so? Oh, I'm not inviting so-and-so. Did you invite your dad? Oh, my dad will never change. My dad will never come. My dad has an attitude. My dad, you know, you don't even want to meet him. He will, he will be so rude and so angry, and, you know, he'll just do this and that. It's like, well, he's never going to change if you keep speaking those words. He's never going to change if you, you say you're praying for him, but you continue to speak these words of death. All right? Proverbs, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death. All right? And I believe that, Lord. Oh, I believe that. If you continue to say that someone will never change, they will never change. If you continue to speak death into something that will never grow, you will never bear fruit. It will continue, continue to be dead. You need to start claiming things. I claim, see, I'm going to say it right now. My brother, all right, I'm going to say my brother. My brother will be a prophet. My brother will be a prophet. My brother will be a man of God. We need to start claiming those things. You need to start stepping out in faith. You think someone won't change, you step out in faith. And you say, Lord, I believe you. You pray and you pray. When the circumstance seems like it's just never going to change and it's always going to be bad, you pray and you thank God and you live your life and let your life be a testimony unto that person. And that's it. So this list that we are doing, I want you to do it and do it with faith. When you put that name on that list, you know that that person is coming to God. There's no doubt about it. I don't care how far they are into the world. You pray and you believe it and you have faith. They will come. So right now, let us just pray. I want all of us to just.